You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Coming up this hour... Another crypto firm warns of a possible bankruptcy. Bob Iger takes his first steps to reorganize Disney. Elon Musk loses more than $100 billion of his fortune this year. And OECD says the world's central banks must keep raising interest rates to fight inflation. New York Mayor Adams says it was not an idle threat against a Jewish synagogue. Plus, the man who subdued the suspected gunman in a Gay Colorado nightclub is talking. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. The U.S. Open the World Cup for the time. Monday night win for the 49ers, Knicks, Devils, Islanders, and St. John. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 11 points. Dow futures up 83, and Nasdaq futures up 28. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, yield 3.79 percent, and the yield on the two-year 4.49 percent. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, up a quarter percent at about fifteen thousand six hundred seventy dollars. Nathan. Well, Karen, speaking of crypto, term. Turmoil around the asset class continues this morning. Another firm is warning of a possible bankruptcy. For the latest, we bring in Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport live in our New York studios. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Potential investors in Genesis could make an exodus after the crypto company warned it's coming up short in fundraising. Sources say Genesis is scrambling to come up with at least a billion dollars following the collapse of crypto exchange FTX. More on that bankruptcy. A new filing shows FTX and its affiliates had a combined cash balance of $1.4 billion. The filing states the latest tally identifies substantially higher cash balances than the debtors were in a position to substantiate. In New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. Well, in corporate news this morning, all eyes are still on Disney. Returning CEO Bob Iger is taking his first steps toward reorganizing the entertainment giant. Iger is asking top deputies to rethink the corporate structure. He's also announced the departure of a top manager, the head of media distribution, Kareem Daniel. Well, it turns out it took a lot of money for Disney to lure Iger back, Karen. He's getting paid about $27 million a year under his two-year agreement. The details from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. 
According to a company filing, Iger will receive a base salary of a million dollars and a bonus equal to that amount. In addition, he'll get stock awards with a target value of $25 million each year. Disney, the world's largest entertainment company, announced Sunday that Bob Chapek was stepping down as CEO immediately to be replaced by Iger, who ran the company for 15 years prior to retiring in December of 2021. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Dave break. Charlie, thank you. On the flip side, the richest person in the world has seen his fortune decline by more than $100 billion this year. According to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, Elon Musk's fortune has fallen below $170 billion after Monday's $8.6 billion loss. His stake in Tesla comprises the bulk of Musk's fortune. Those shares have fallen 52% this year. Well, it's Musk's other company that's grabbing most of the spotlight lately, Karen. Turmoil at Twitter remains front and center. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports the announcements. Just keep coming. Musk let more people go early in the day with about a quarter of the company staff remaining. He then came out later to say that those would be the last layoffs and in the same breath that he's not moving the company to Texas. He also announced now that he is going to delay the start of Blue Verified and says that the platform has added 1.6 million live users this week. On his personal spreadsheet, it is being reported that he has lost approximately $100 billion this year. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Right, Ed, thank you. Another billionaire is making headlines this morning. Bloomberg News has learned Carl Icahn began shorting GameStop during the height of the meme stock frenzy. Sources say Icahn started building the short when GameStop was trading near its peak of $483 per share and still holds a large bet against the shares. GameStop has lost more than 70% of its value from a closing high back in January of 2021. Turning to the economy, Karen, there is more pressure on central banks to keep raising interest rates. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development says surging prices are putting a dent on real incomes and creating problems that will only get worse if policymakers fail to act. The OECD also raised its global inflation forecasts for next year and says price increases in 2024 will also remain above target. Meantime, Nathan, two Fed officials are reinforcing expectations the central bank will slow their pace of interest rate hikes next month, even as they stress the need to keep tightening. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly and Cleveland's Loretta Mester said during separate remarks that inflation remains too high. Here's Daly speaking in California. As we work to bring policy to what we call a sufficiently restrictive stance, which really in simple terms means the level required to bring inflation down and restore price stability, we will need to be mindful. Adjusting too little will leave inflation too high, and adjusting too much could lead to an unnecessarily painful downturn. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly says she still expects rates to peak at 5% or above. Stuff to keep an eye on China this morning, Karen. An increase in COVID cases there has led authorities to reintroduce measures like expanding testing and lockdowns. It is now estimated a fifth of the country's economy has been affected by the pandemic, despite the Chinese central government's call for more targeted, less disruptive COVID zero measures. And in geopolitics, Nathan, the U.S. is pushing China to ease up on Taiwan. We get details from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in our 99.1 Washington newsroom. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin urged his counterpart in China to avoid destabilizing actions toward Taiwan. 
Now, this was Austin's first face-to-face meeting with China's defense minister, Wei Fenghe, since House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taipei in August. The Pentagon says the men also discussed Russia's war in Ukraine, reiterating opposition to the use of or the threat to use nuclear weapons. Austin asked China to fully enforce U.N. Security Council resolutions against North Korea's weapons program and called for both sides to maintain open lines of communication. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thanks. S&P futures are up nine points right now. Dow futures up 73. NASDAQ futures up 24 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and the check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 38 degrees in Central Park. Got a couple tie-ups this morning on the westbound LIE. We'll tell you more in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with what else is happening in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York City police are adding protection at synagogues following the weekend arrest of two men in connection with a threat to attack. 21-year-old Christopher Brown told police he has a sick personality. And court records said he tweeted that he was going to ask a priest if he should become a husband or shoot up a synagogue and die. This was not an idle threat. This was a real threat. Mayor Eric Adams said police recovered a Glock semi-automatic firearm with an extended magazine, a large hunting knife, and a Nazi armband after they arrested Brown and a companion, both of whom have pleaded not guilty. America must defeat the rising threat of domestic terrorism. It is real. It is here. And we must have a formidable approach to it. Adams says the NYPD and the New York State Police are increasing security at synagogues through the holidays. An Army veteran credits his training in the armed forces for taking down the gunman that stormed an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs. Richard Fierro, who served tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, says he went into combat mode when shots rang out. I got into mode, and I needed to save my family. And that family was, at that time, everybody in that room. Fierro knocking a handgun and AR-15-style rifle from the suspect's hands, then hitting him in the head with a gun. The 22-year-old suspect faces murder and hate crime charges. Five people were killed. Nineteen others were injured in the shooting. President Zelensky is once again urging NATO members to guarantee protection of Ukraine's energy grid from Russian sabotage that was shelling around Europe's largest nuclear plant. With the help of new hires, the airline industry says they are ready for the Thanksgiving travel rush now getting underway. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says the airlines are definitely in better shape than we were this summer. I would not say we're out of the woods yet, but uh, I am cautiously optimistic about this week being off to a good start. And we're going to be watching this very closely as we go into the other uh, peak holiday travel times that are coming in the next few weeks. Secretary Buttigieg at O'Hare Airport in Chicago, where a large terminal expansion was announced. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street, time for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashar. Good morning, Nathan. Just before the Knicks went on this five-game road trip, they lost a game at the Garden when Oklahoma City poured in 145 points. A little better defense for the Knicks this time at OKC. Tremendous game for their new point guard. The Knicks ended the trip with a win over the Thunder, 129-119. Jalen Brunson, 34 points, shot 14 of 20, added nine assists. Pretty good trip. Knicks went 3-2, and two, and they're now 9-9 nine and nine on the season. 
back home Friday to play Portland. Devils won again, made a lucky 13 wins in a row. That ties the club record 5-2 over Edmonton. Devils haven't lost in a month. Islanders a 3-2 overtime win at Toronto. St. John's now 5-0, beat Temple 78-72, part of a doubleheader at Barclays. Syracuse won the opener in overtime over Richmond. 78,000 fans on hand in Mexico City for the 49ers and the Cardinals. And Garoppolo in the shotgun looking left. Throws for Ayuka. Ayuka take it down. Break a tackle and get in the end zone. Touchdown! San Francisco. Ayuk. Ayuk. Ayuk is on fire. Yes, KNDR. Part of a second half domination by the Niners. Outscoring Arizona 21-0. They won the game 38-10. Four touchdown passes for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Giants play Thursday in Dallas, and their injuries continue. Rookie wideout Wendell Robinson's done for the year. Cornerback at Dory Jackson's out at least a month. Both have knee injuries. World Cup opener for the U.S. It began well, but a late penalty kick for Wales. Game ended 1-1, and now the U.S. has to play England on Friday. Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. S&P futures are up eight points. Dow futures up 64. NASDAQ futures are higher by 18 points. Bitcoin, three-tenths percent higher, but below 16,000 as the crypto crisis continues. We'll talk about it next with Bloomberg's Anna Herrera. Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. European shares are advancing, boosted by oil majors as crude prices recover. U.S. stock index futures are gaining as investors parse comments from Federal Reserve officials to assess the potential for slower interest rate hikes. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up nine points this morning. Dow futures up 68. NASDAQ futures up 24. The DAX in Germany is up half percent. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, yield 3.79 percent. The yield on the two-year for 4.49%. NYMEX crude oil is now that'll change at $80.05 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $8.30 at $17.62.90 an ounce. The euro 1.0277 against the dollar. British pound 1.1854 and the yen 141.32. Bitcoin is up four tenths percent at $15,700. And today we are watching for earnings from companies including VMware and Dick's Sporting Goods. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. An Army veteran who helped subdue the gunman at a gay club in Colorado Springs credits his military training and instincts in helping him disarm the attacker. Rich Fierro says he grabbed the gunman's body armor and began punching him. Five people were killed and 19 were wounded. The White House has sent condolences to those killed in an earthquake in Indonesia. The death toll from Monday's earthquake on Java has climbed to 252. In the NFL, the 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-10. In the NBA, the Knicks won. The Celtics and Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Devils won their 13th in a row, beating the Oilers 5-2. The Islanders won an OT against the Maple Leafs 3-2. The Bruins won at Soccer's World Cup. The U.S. and Wales ended in a 1-1 draw. 
Today, four games are on the slate, including Saudi Arabia and Argentina, just starting. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and Karen mentioned Bitcoin is uh, trading a little bit higher on the session, but the crisis in crypto continues to spread. First, it was FTX. Now, a brokerage in the crypto space, Genesis, is warning it, too, is on the verge of bankruptcy. Let's get the latest now from Anna Herrera. She's been following this, our senior editor for Crypto at Bloomberg News, uh, joining us live now. Anna, uh, good to have you with us this morning. Are we seeing contagion from FTX just playing out in real time here? Yes, exactly. It's not necessarily real time. It's a little bit slower, but it it certainly feels fast if you're following it. But yeah, Genesis said it had 175 million locked up on FTX. They were also hit too from the prior collapses this um, spring, and they've said earlier that they were going to stop redemptions on their lending arm, and now we're hearing that they're trying to raise uh, around 1 billion in fresh capital, and saying to potential investors that if they don't raise, uh, they might have to file for bankruptcy. So that will certainly then lead to potentially more contagion if that's where they'll end up. Yeah, and just reading some of the latest reporting from you and your team, there's talk of uh, Binance coming to the rescue here. It's like deja vu all over again, Anna. <laughs> yes, and then we know how that went, right? Like, yeah. they ended up not rescuing anyone, and so then FTX filed for bankruptcy. So, you know, obviously I would imagine that, you know, if you're trying to raise uh, capital to save your company, you might be trying, you know, anyone that has deep pockets. And so it's not surprising if, if finance was, was, tra- was you know, uh, tapped. Um, but again, it doesn't mean that they'll, they'll put, pull the money out. All right. So now that we have uh, Genesis coming out with these warnings, what could the potential next shoe to drop be here? What other companies are you watching that have exposure to FTX that could potentially be in trouble? So obviously we have to be careful right here because sure. if we're talking about about bankruptcies. We're we're just you know Genesis is a big lender as I said and they have you know um, loans out to many other companies but they're also a brokerage so we'll see if if you know there's issues just with uh, they've said so far that the issues are only restricted to the lending unit which means that their trading operations are fine but you know if they're trying to raise money it might might signal that there might be problems elsewhere. So we have to first follow, see what's going on there carefully, and then trying to track all the counterparties. Much like FTX, they they were very key to, or they are very key to the crypto sector. So we'll see if if there are funds they they, they lent money to, um, or, or, you know, other trading counterparties. It, It kind of can go anywhere and that and that's why I think, you know, there's a sort of wait and see mode in, in crypto right now from from the big investors. People are waiting to see who who might be next and if the, it's their counterparty and how they are exposed to risk. And in the meantime, we're, of course, continuing to follow the FTX bankruptcy saga here, the latest filings. What can you tell us about what FTX is reporting in terms of its own financial solvency? Yeah, so they they just – the new filing shows that they have $1.24 billion in, in cash, um, FTX and its affiliates, right? And last week they said that they owed um, creditors, the, the biggest ones, I think something around $3 billion or more. So, so you know <laughs> – 
as, as sort of the people that are running FTX now are saying, they're trying to figure out where the money is, who has what, and, and even, you know, get a clearer sense of things like how many employees they have. So it's kind of all up in the air for now. They're trying to – it was clear that they weren't keeping track of uh, their assets very well, even their cash balances. So I think it's, it's again, there. Everybody's trying to piece all the elements together to, to understand um, who might be owed what um, and, you know, where to get those funds. Yeah, so clearly uh, FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried is under scrutiny here, and now we have uh, celebrity athletes like Tom Brady and Stefan Curry uh, coming under uh, uh, potentially multiple investigations as well, starting off with uh, the the Texas uh, regulators looking at them. I mean, where could things go from here in our last 30 seconds in terms of the investigations into FTX and potentially other players in the crypto space? There's different different authorities that are looking. We reported about the SEC, the CFTC, I think, New York authorities as well, um, and you know, with with celebrities, obviously, we've seen previously in cases like with Kim Kardashian that you know the regulators have been pretty strict that you have to disclose not only that you're obviously a sponsor, but how much money um, you made in sponsoring a cryptocurrency, or if that cryptocurrency is a security. So we'll have to watch carefully and see if if anybody did anything that they think um, could get them in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Kim Kardashian certainly learned that the hard way with that post on Instagram. Thank you so much for this, Anne. I know you've been very busy along with the rest of your team, and we really appreciate the reporting as we continue to watch uh, this crisis unfold in the crypto space. Anna Herrera, Senior Editor for Crypto at Bloomberg News with us this morning. And checking Bitcoin right now, it is higher on the session this morning, up about a half percent, but still below 16,000. 15,700 is the Bitcoin level. Futures are higher, and this is Bloomberg Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the New York Community Trust. Your name will live on as a champion of the causes you care about for years to come through a charitable bequest to the New York Community Trust. Learn more at philanthropist.nyc. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. And I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by SEI. Built on advanced technologies and 50 years of innovation, SEI offers asset managers a comprehensive and flexible operations outsourcing platform. Go to SEIC.com slash managers. And we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with more turmoil in crypto with another firm warning of a possible bankruptcy. Bloomberg Steve Rappaport joins us live in New York with the latest. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Crypto company Genesis is telling potential investors it's struggling to court new capital. Genesis is making a push for cash after the collapse of crypto exchange FTX. And we're learning more about bank bankruptcy. A new filing shows FTX and its affiliates had a combined cash balance of $1.24 billion. That's a significantly higher amount than debtors were able to substantiate in the latest tally. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. Uh, two uh, Fed officials are suggesting that interest rate increases could slow next month. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly and Cleveland's Loretta Mester are warning inflation remains too high, but Daly thinks the Fed should consider its pace of rate hikes. 
We work to bring policy to what we call a sufficiently restrictive stance, which really in simple terms means the level required to bring inflation down and restore price stability. We will need to be mindful. Adjusting too little will leave inflation too high, and adjusting too much could lead to an unnecessarily painful downturn. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly spoke yesterday in California. Well, turning to corporate news now, Nathan, Disney's returning CEO Bob Iger is asking top deputies to rethink the company's corporate structure. He also announced the departure of top manager Kareem Daniel, who runs media distribution. We're also learning about Iger's new salary. He'll make $27 million a year under his new two-year agreement. To Twitter now, Karen, employees there aren't sure what's next after the company laid off more sales workers on Sunday. Bloomberg's Cameron Leach says employees feel Twitter lacks direction. It's so much money that they have to cut. And it seems like Elon thinks that salaries is the best way to do that by uh, decreasing his headcount. And everybody's on their toes walking on the eggshells. And Bloomberg's Cameron Leach says Elon Musk will hold off on relaunching his blue verified feature until there's high confidence it stops fake accounts. And while Musk remains the world's richest person, Nathan is fortune declined by more than $100 billion so far this year. According to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, Elon Musk's wealth has fallen to just under $170 billion. And straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. It's 533 on Wall Street, 37 degrees in Central Park, still dealing with issues on the westbound LIE this morning. And Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. New York City police are adding protection at synagogues following the weekend arrests of two men in connection with a threat to attack. 21-year-old Christopher Brown told police he has a sick personality. And according to court records, he tweeted that he was going to ask a priest if he should become a husband or shoot up a synagogue and die. Mayor Eric Adams said it was not an idle threat. To have a person armed would have the means, the hate, and the desire to carry out a crime of this magnitude is serious. Mayor Adams says police recovered a Glock semi-automatic firearm with an extended magazine, a large hunting knife, and a Nazi armband. Police arrested Brown and a companion, both of whom have pleaded not guilty. An Army veteran who helped subdue the gunman at a gay club in Colorado Springs credits his military training and instincts in helping him disarm the attacker. Rich Fierro told reporters how he grabbed the gunman's body armor and began punching him. I grabbed the pistol from him. And then I told the guy, move the AR, the kid in front of me. He was at his head. And I said, move the AR, get the AR away from him. And the kid did it. And then I started wailing on this dude. Authorities say Fierro and another man stopped the shooter after he began spraying bullets inside Club Q on Saturday night. The rampage killed five people and wounded 19. Rescuers are searching for bodies and survivors in the rubble of buildings that collapsed in an earthquake that killed at least 252 people on Indonesia's main island of Java and injured hundreds more. Heavy equipment was sent overnight to reach the hardest-hit city of Jantur, south of Jakarta. Reality TV stars Todd and Julie Chrisley are going to prison. The pair from the USA Network's Chrisley Knows Best were sentenced after being convicted of bank fraud and tax evasion. Todd Chrisley was sentenced to 12 years. Julie Chrisley was sentenced to seven years. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. 
535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashar. All right, Nathan, the Knicks are headed home. A challenging five-game road trip. They won three times. Avenged their recent home loss to Oklahoma City, beating the Thunder 129-119. to 119. Jalen Brunson's best game as a Nick. 34 points, 9 assists. Both Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett scored 25, so 84 points from three guys. The Celtics' nine-game winning streak ended in Chicago. The Warriors lost in New Orleans by 45. In Newark, another win for the Devils. 5-2 over Edmonton. 13 wins in a row. Ties the club record. They can break it tomorrow against Toronto. The Islanders just beat the Maple Leafs. Tied the game on a Josh Bailey goal with three minutes left and then won 3-2 on an overtime goal by Anthony Beauvillier. St. John's is 5-0. Beat Temple 78-72 at the Barclays Center. World Cup opener for the U.S. A 1-1 tie with Wales on Friday. U.S. plays England, who just beat Iran 6-2. In Mexico City, 49ers all over Arizona, 38-10. Four touchdown passes for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Cardinals were without their starting QB, Kyler Murray. Who will be the Jets quarterback this Sunday? The Jets coach is Robert Sala. I'm going to get to the tape and just evaluate everything, and uh, I'll leave it at that. We're keeping everything on the table over the next couple of days. So you're you're not committing to Zach as your starter for Sunday? Not right now. Not until I'm done evaluating everything. Salah had previously been firm in his commitment to Zach Wilson, who then struggled mightily in that loss Sunday at New England. The current Jet backup QB is Mike White. Jets Sunday host the Bears. They may not have their quarterback, Justin Fields, has an injured shoulder. John Stash, and we're Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Scott Carr. The destiny of what was one of Connecticut's largest garbage-burning and recycling sites is undetermined, but officials in Hartford are hoping the roughly 80-acre site in South Meadows might eventually be used for economic redevelopment. Hartford Business Journal reports city officials are looking at it as one of the city's best remaining development opportunities. From the SLUMU Institute on Broadway to the multi-sensory art experience up the street called Inter, industry experts point to the surprising number of experiential retailers popping up around the city. They say it's what consumers crave, especially Especially post-pandemic, one of the largest leases in Manhattan this year went to Wonderland Dreams, the immersive art exhibit on Fifth Avenue. A nearly $150 million renovation of the Trophy Office Tower at 259 Fifth Ave in Midtown South is near completion. New York Business Journal says once completed, the 19-story tower will feature a new double-height lobby, office penthouse, and overhauled windows, HVAC, and elevators. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Scott Carr. Thanks, Scott. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. Texas regulators are investigating celebrity endorsements tied to crypto exchange FTX. I'm Scott Carr on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting on some changes coming to a legendary local ice cream shop. I'm Caroline Hepke on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been speaking to the Lord Mayor of London who says that jobs in the city will be lost due to the looming recession and the government's tax rises. I'm Gina Cervetti and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that a watch dealer backed by former Bulls star Michael Jordan is aiming for a 33% jump in sales this year. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. American children face a viral triple threat this year. 
the combined impact of COVID-19, the flu, and RSV, a virus that can be very dangerous for infants and young children, has overwhelmed hospitals. To prevent another blow to the healthcare system, officials need a better way to anticipate and respond to these threats. The CDC could start by developing a risk threshold based on deaths and hospitalizations for all respiratory viruses combined. Crossing a certain threshold would trigger policy responses, such as freeing up beds or sending a surge of medical staff. In the longer term, the Biden administration should develop a national strategy to draw more workers into the healthcare field. Better data, coupled with a more resilient workforce, should help health systems meet this challenge. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures are moving a little bit higher. They're up seven points right now. Dow futures up 57. NASDAQ futures are higher by 15 points. Ten-year Treasury is up 930 seconds. The yield 3.79%. Yield on the two-year 4.49%. Get a market outlook next from Esty Dweck, Chief Investment Officer at Flowbank. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And European shares are advancing, boosted by oil majors as crude prices recover. U.S. stock index futures are gaining as investors parse through comments from Federal Reserve officials to assess the potential for slower interest rate hikes. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up six points this morning. Dow futures up 47. NASDAQ futures up 13. The DAX in Germany up about three-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds. Yield 3.79 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.49 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up six-tenths percent or 45 cents at $80.47 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $8.70 at $17.63.30 an ounce. The euro, 1.0279 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1861. And the yen, 141.37. And looking at Bitcoin, up half percent at $15,700. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Army veteran Richard Fierro credits his training in the armed forces for taking down the gunman at Storm Club Q, often called a safe place for the LGBTQ community. Police say the 22-year-old suspect stormed into the club and opened fire, killing five and injuring many others. The jury in the January 6th insurrection trial of Oath Keepers founders Stuart Rhodes and four associates will begin deliberations today. In the NFL, the 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-10. In the NBA, the Knicks won. The Celtics and Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Devils won their 13th straight, beating the Oilers 5-2. The Islanders won in OT against the Maple Leafs 3-2. The Bruins won at Soccer's World Cup. 
The U.S. and Wales ended in a 1-1 draw. Today, four games are on slate, including right now Argentina is leading Saudi Arabia 1-0. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Nathan. Well done with the nil. Bonus points on that. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. 5.49 is the time now on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're pleased to be joined this morning by Esty Dweck, Chief Investment Officer at Flow Bank, as we assess this market. Esty, good morning. There have been so many headlines crossing on the uh, unfolding crisis in crypto, the contagion playing out in that space. Do you see any risk of contagion beyond crypto from what's happening with FTX? Good morning. At this, at this point, it doesn't appear likely. We've already had almost a week of uh, these headlines. We've seen that uh, some of the big cryptos like Bitcoin have surprisingly still held up decently, and we haven't seen that much contagion uh, across the spectrum into the equity market. So it does feel like it's going to stay contained into crypto, but it does also feel like there's a little bit of a snowball effect within crypto with other uh, big companies at risk. So it might be too early to say for sure, but so far so good, I'd say. All right. Well, in the meantime, as for what's happening in the market more broadly, a lot of the focus, of course, is on the path for central banks. We just got a warning uh, this morning from the OECD that central banks around the world should keep raising interest rates to fight inflation. Does that affect your outlook for uh, risk investments? Not at this point. We've had very well telegraphed uh, information from the Federal Reserve in particular, and I do believe that is still the central bank that matters. Uh, for Europeans, we want to watch a little bit what the ECB does as well, but everyone is taking their cue from the Fed. And we've had the speakers come out and continue to tell us they're going to hike rates. Uh, you know some of it you have to take uh, with a grain of salt when you hear the 5 to 7% range, but that terminal rate is around 475, 5%. Disinflation indicators are continuing um, pretty much uh, across the board. And so the Fed is slowly coming to the end of its tightening campaign. I think where you have a little bit of a risk is later in 2023, if inflation stalls out again or doesn't continue to drop, and then the Fed has to revise those uh, terminal rate expectations and the market has to adapt again. I think that's a big risk. But for now, um, we're probably going to get those 50 basis points in December, maybe another 25 in January, and we should get that long-awaited pause. Well, how do you rebal or do you uh, rebalance portfolios in the face of higher for longer rates? I, I think we are hearing from a lot of central bankers that uh, the the terminal rate could stay elevated for quite some time. I think that's exactly what they've worked on, keeping that higher for longer, trying to price out those interest rate cuts that the market is looking for at the end of 2023. And Really, I mean, we've had quite a few months of this. We had the summer pivot or the lack of pivot, and then we've had a couple of other of these expectations, and the Fed has really slapped the market back down every time. Um, so at this point, there's not so much to rebalance in the portfolio. Uh, it does feel like the yield in the peak in yields, excuse me, is in, and that suggests that the bond allocations don't have to uh, can sort of be rebalanced a little bit. That you can rebalance between credit. Uh, and sovereigns a little, and then we'll have to see not quite full-on uh, bullish into the end of the year for equities, but uh, starting to look 
a little less bad if the the peak in yields is in as well. Yeah, speaking of that uh, perhaps not so bullish sentiment, we just got another note from Goldman Sachs this morning saying not just the S&P 500 level, but earnings on S&P 500 companies are going to stay flat through into next year. What's your view on that? Well, we've already priced in a lot of uh, downgrades in the earnings expectations, and pretty much everyone knows that the 2023 numbers probably have to come down a little bit as well. Um We've seen that the expectations for the Q4 earnings season have gone from, from gone from something like a 6% growth expectation to zero or even negative for the fourth quarter. So that lines up with what uh, Goldman suggested. The market's already pricing in a big, big adjustment in the earnings uh, expectations. And I think we'll have some kind of, st- some kind of stabilization come through in 2023. And very quickly, the market is going to stop looking at this Q4 data and start to look at guidance for next year. All right. Esty, as always, great to get your thoughts. Thanks again for being with us this morning. Esty Dweck, Chief Investment Officer at FlowBank. Karen. Nathan, it is 5.54 on Wall Street, and now a legal story we're watching this morning. Landmark legislation to protect same-sex and interracial marriages crossed a major Senate hurdle last week, putting Congress on track to take the historic step of ensuring that such unions are enshrined in federal law. Twelve Republican senators joined with Democrats to advance the bill. Right now, the right to same-sex marriage is the law only because of a 2015 Supreme Court decision, which many fear is now in jeopardy. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Catherine Frankie, director of Columbia Law School's Center for Gender and Sexuality Law. What's motivating this push to get a same-sex marriage bill passed? Well, I think there are a few things. One is that many members of Congress were overwhelmed by calls from their constituents who were married and in same-sex couples who were terrified after the Dobbs decision that their kids might be taken away, that their marriages might be dissolved. And what's interesting is the Respect for Marriage Act really came from within Congress itself as a response to constituent calls. It didn't come from some of the gay rights organizations around the country. In that Dobbs decision, was it Justice Clarence Thomas's concurring opinion that led to that fear, or was it the decision itself? Well, you can always count on Clarence Thomas to say the quiet part out loud, but also the loud part even more loudly. And certainly there's nothing in the majority's opinion that would hinder the court from taking the next steps of finding a right to contraception is nowhere secured in the Constitution or the same with same-sex marriage, notwithstanding Justice Kavanaugh trying to lower the temperature a little bit in his concurrence and saying, oh, no, 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 we're just deciding abortion today. Actually, I'm not sure the other members of the majority hold that view. So that's really what frightened everyone was was Justice Thomas kind of underscoring what the potential for the Dobbs decision might hold for other issues around sex and sexuality. Now, what would this legislation do? The legislation would not go all the way of Obergefell. So if the Supreme Court next term or two years from now decides to overrule Obergefell, the Respect for Marriage Act won't completely fix the problem. What it does do is it says states have to respect valid marriages from other states. 
So right now there are 35 states that have laws on the books that ban same-sex marriage. Those laws are not enforceable because of the Obergefell decision. But if the court reverses Obergefell, what happens to those laws in those 35 states? So now what the Respect for Marriage Act does Specifically, it says is those states that won't marry same-sex couples or interracial couples can't refuse to recognize the validity of their marriages if the reason that they're refusing to allow those folks to marry in their home state is because of the sex, race, national origin, or ethnicity. And that's Catherine Frankie, director of Columbia Law School's Center for Gender and Sexuality Law, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview, plus analysis of the latest legal news, by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLaw Go. Futures this morning on the rise. S&P futures up seven points down. Now futures up 55, and NASDAQ futures are up 20. And still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.